I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Welcome to News Du Jour. You may be wondering, why am I, Annie Bowles, here doing this podcast? I usually start by telling people that I'm a political baby. You see, my parents met working on Capitol Hill. By the time I was two, I had been my first political commercial and even got lost crawling around the West Wing. Don't worry, Al Gore found me. My family moved abroad when I was nine, and I attended an international school in Brussels with kids from all over the world. And it's that type of global perspective that's foundational in who I am, and that's part of what I bring to the show. I graduated from American University after studying political science and art history, as well as interning on both sides of Capitol Hill. I even interned down the hall from where my parents met. I'm now pursuing a professional certificate in journalism at NYU in conjunction with Rolling Stone magazine. I guess I was always that friend in the group who cared not just deeply about what was going on politically, but globally. I often kept my own friends informed throughout high school and young adulthood, so I guess I've always done a version of this. I'm genuinely passionate about following the news, and I'm here to break it down for you guys every weekday. We strive to be a calmer space to get your news, but as one listener put it, we are kind of like getting your news from a well-informed bestie. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. So today's episode is going live a little bit late so I could include the debates. I watched them last night for you guys as I usually do, but instead of having them, you know, my recap going live the next day. Yesterday was a super slow news day, so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to watch the debates and then record this the next morning, so that's why we're a little delayed today, so just wanted to say thank you for your patience. It was a slow news day, though, so you guys didn't miss anything. We do have one mini story to get into, and then one a little bit longer story, and then we'll spend the rest of the time breaking down the debates. Let's jump in. So for our mini story today, rumors have been flying about this since he was removed from the speakership. But as of yesterday, Kevin McCarthy is not going to be running for reelection. He's actually leaving midterm from his position. He will at the end of the year, he's going to be done. So that leaves just a few weeks of having Kevin McCarthy still in Congress. It is definitely a strange and unexpected turn of events with him. But apparently McCarthy's a sore loser and he's going to resign mid-cycle. So for one sort of longer story today, I wanted to let you guys know Do not drink Panera's caffeinated lemonade, or if you do, drink it with caution. So after the first report about this type of scenario, I thought it might be a fluke. Maybe this person, you know, just reacted badly to this stuff. But now that a second person has died 
After drinking Panera Bread's quote-unquote charged lemonade, I am officially putting you guys on notice. I wouldn't drink this stuff. All highly caffeinated beverages can be dangerous. That is just an important thing to understand, especially for those with underlying health conditions, especially with your heart. In this instance, a man in Florida had three of Panera's charged lemonades and died after suffering a cardiac event. If you get a large size of this Panera drink, it is the same amount of caffeine as a 12-ounce Red Bull and a 16-ounce Monster combined. The family of this man who died, they have filed a wrongful death suit arguing a court that Panera should have warnings associated with the drink for pregnant or breastfeeding mothers, as well as those with underlying health conditions that can be affected by caffeine. Because honestly, when I hear about like a charged lemonade, I wouldn't think it was like that caffeinated. Like I thought like maybe the same amount as like a soda, which is less than coffee. So I definitely think they should warn people that it is highly (laughs) caffeinated. It's like an energy drink. I think that's, you know, where maybe the misunderstanding is coming in. But a statement put out by Panera Bread read that it still, quote, stands firmly behind the safety of their products, end quote. They did, however, express sympathy for the man's family. So, you know, at least they did that. But it looks like this case is going to be going to court. And if we hear anything interesting about it, we will be sure to let you guys know. And now without further ado, we'll go ahead and jump into our debate recap. So if you're new here, how I typically recap these debates is kind of like bullet point style. Like I just take notes while I'm watching the debate, anything that I think is interesting and just sort of like run through it here on the episode for you guys. My overall impression of the debates, sometimes I'll start off or end off with that. Let's go ahead and start there today. The attention, the, you know, fervor, the bell of the ball, it was all it was all circled around Nikki Haley. This debate was about Nikki. Every single one of the men on that stage was focused on her. Now, in different directions. In my opinion, you know, DeSantis and Vivek Ramaswamy were laser focused on tearing her down and criticizing her record, her family, all different things to do with Nikki Haley and making her seem corrupt, making her seem stupid. And long story short, Chris Christie ended up playing the role of her protector in a sense. He would step in and say, look, I don't agree with her on everything, but she is a smart, respectable woman. So we'll get into the specifics of what he said and what went down. But that was the theme of tonight's debate is definitely Vivek and Ron are highly threatened by Nikki Haley. And what I loved about her performance in the debate was she just took the high road. She, you know, They'd be insulting her and she would just be standing there with like a little smirk on her face and just like blinking her eyes. You know, she wasn't diving in there to try and defend herself. She wasn't getting in shouting matches with these guys. There was even one question that the moderator, you know, Vivek answered with some really, you know, intense, horrible things to say about Nikki. And Nikki, the commentator said, Nikki, do you want to respond? And she just said, no, that doesn't deserve a response. And it was like the audience started cheering because it was something that was like these low blows and 
stuff that sounded just incredibly far-fetched and untrue. And so she just, she took the high road and she came out, in my opinion, just looking like a class act, which is exactly how I would want her to play things if I were someone on her campaign. She needs to look presidential right now. And I think taking that high road is really in line with that. So let's jump into some of the specifics. So Ron DeSantis was offered the first question and he really dove in attacking Nikki immediately and she went right back at him at that point. Ramaswamy then was challenged on the idea that he is a unifier. He is he has said, you know, in the beginning of his campaign and throughout his campaign that he is a unifier, but he's probably one of the people tearing the others down in the most like direct and sort of you know, mudslinging kind of way. So it was interesting that he try was trying to paint himself as a unifier at any point in time because that's not really his reputation at this point. Nikki basically said, actually, not basically, she literally said they are just jealous of her. She said that they wish that these big donors were supporting them, but instead they're supporting me. And that is a direct quote. Ramaswamy then attacked Nikki's family finances. So that's one of these like low blows. He said that they were bankrupt at one time after she left the UN. And then now she's like a multimillionaire. So he's trying to insinuate that she's taken some kind of bribe or some type of like, you know, illegal money. But Nikki quipped back that they've never been bankrupt and that actually, you know, they both did work government jobs at the time and weren't paid, you know, in the lavish way that you're paid when you're a more high profile politician. She said that she also loves all the attention from the fellas tonight, which I just thought was hilarious. She actually said a lot of things that were very funny, just like poking fun at the fact that they were all like all of their bodies. She was in the middle. Um, She and Ron were in the middle. And I feel like all of them, though, were like turned towards her for quite a bit of the night so and she was standing there in all white so I feel like she just definitely looked Bella the ball is like the thought you know the term that comes to mind obviously that's a really feminine term to use but it just seemed like you know she was the bride or something in the in that white dress Nikki also went directly to talk about Iran, which I thought was really interesting. She criticized President Biden for the hostage deal where we exchanged five hostages from the U.S. for in exchange for releasing some funds that had previously been frozen. That is that six billion dollars that if you guys have been listening to the show for the past year, you know, this is one of my least favorite topics because it is just strange, confusing and not a good thing. And the six billion dollars has been ping ponged all over the world. And it's been, you know, fun to follow, challenging to follow. Infrastructure in Syria and Iraq is what you go after. That is one, you know, point that she was making is like, that's how she would hit back at Iran. And we're doing that. Um, Maybe not to the extent that she would want it done, but we just recently have done that. She said that Putin was hitting rock bottom, though. And one of the most interesting things she said, and I don't know if this is based in fact or not. So this is just something that Nikki was alleging and something that I'd love to look into further. But she said October 7th, you know, the date of the Hamas attacks is Putin's birthday. And she was almost trying to connect the dots between, you know, Iran funding this big attack by Hamas in order to distract 
from what's going on in Ukraine and to take money away from what's going on in Ukraine because obviously the U.S. was going to divert funds towards Israel. Chris Christie also made a very intense comment about Vivek. He said that he is the most obnoxious blowhard in America. And that is a direct quote. So that was disturbing. You know, I don't like mudslinging. That's just me. I think, you know, if you have to use like these name calling kind of tactics, like you're not really a very good politician. To me, it's like the lowest form of practicing politics. But what he did say about Nikki was, quote, she is a smart, accomplished woman and you should stop insulting her, end quote. So again, he played the role of Nikki's protector tonight. And I think this is very interesting. We all know that Chris Christie is in this race to divert votes away from Trump or try and undermine Trump in any way possible. And we know this because that's what he's told us on repeat. (laughs) He has said, I'm here to undermine President Trump. I don't think he's a good person. I don't think he deserves to be president. So he's literally spending all this money, all this time, all this effort to undermine former President Trump. And I think he's now doing that by helping to prop up Nikki Haley as an alternative. Nikki really kept her mouth shut multiple times, like I said, where she was smirking and could have jumped in. She chose not to. And again, I think it to me, it was reminiscent of how President Biden acted on the debate stages when he was running in the primary, you know, for the last election. So he would, you know, stand quiet and stand back and just kind of smile when he was when things were being said about him. And I think that can read as more presidential. Gender identity was a main topic of conversation, though, for this debate, and I think it's important to touch on. Ron DeSantis kept hammering the idea home that people who undergo transgender surgeries to transition, they are being mutilated. He kept using that word repeatedly, and it was interesting. I was listening to some NPR commentary on the debates, and Something that they said is, you know, right now the Trump voters are sort of a done deal. They're voting for Trump. So you're if you're Ron DeSantis, you're looking to sway some undecided voters and those undecided voters that does that kind of language doesn't really resonate with them. Like they have empathy for transgender people in general and they don't want to hear the word mutilation thrown around it's just a really extreme stance on that subject and it is much more in line with people who are going to vote for Trump no matter what so that was an interesting tactic him using that and may not have like served the purpose he wanted it to um he also said that if you go to like the Middle East or even in Mexico they all quote, they all had man dresses on, end quote, kind of insinuating that they could hide weaponry, drugs, or like suicide bombing jackets under these man dresses, as he put it, which was just disturbing because obviously that is so culturally insensitive. It's not even funny. That's traditional garments all over the world. And so, you know, it just goes to show how he's, you know, just not a very cultured person. And that is in stark contrast with Nikki Haley, who has been an ambassador to the U.N., Vivek Ramaswamy in this conversation, though, about transgenderism literally said, quote, 
transgenderism is a mental health disorder, end quote. And so I just wanted to make sure you guys knew that he said that. I think that's obviously a very extreme thing to say and not really in line with where the world sees transgenderism today. But that's what he said. Nikki said that women playing sports, trans women playing sports was one of the gender issues of our time. Um, You know, again, that's something that's incredibly debatable. You know, one might think the pay gap or safety, women's safety might be a little bit more important than that. But that's what she said. Dylan Mulvaney's name got brought up. If you don't know who Dylan Mulvaney is, she is the trans, you know, TikToker, YouTuber, sort of online figure who had some type of a brand deal with Bud Light that went viral and made a lot of people mad. So, you know, that's kind of the energy around this gender identity debate that went on last night. And then... The conversation really shifted to what's going on in college campuses and sort of the debates on the Israel and Hamas war. Nikki made the comment that if you don't think Israel has the right to exist, that actually is anti-Semitic. And I think that's a really interesting stance and that's something that like she wanted to be very clear about. So that is her stance on the subject. She also says she wants to ban TikTok. So that's something that's, you know, stands to be pretty widely unpopular as well. But that's where she stands on the issue. And she believes that the more students are spending time on TikTok, the more pro Hamas they become. Colleges also, she was saying, really need to step up to protect their Jewish students. And that if they don't, if she were president, she would take away their tax exempt status should they fail to protect Jewish students. So that is just a really, you know, this is becoming part of the mainstream. The fact that we're talking about this exact debate on the debate stage means that this conversation is happening in homes and living rooms all across the country. So I thought that was a really interesting thing to touch on. We haven't talked much about that on this show, but maybe that's something we double tap on. If there's anything to do with the debates you'd like to hear more about, let me know. Again, just to close with some overall impressions, I felt that Nikki came out, you know, just seeming like a class act. Now, certain bars that certain other people got off, maybe they hit home with certain demographics, certain voters. But from the commentary I've heard through the news, as well as my own takeaway, I just did feel like she came out just as strong, if not stronger, than she did before. So it'll be super interesting to see how she fares in the polls following this debate. We'll definitely keep you guys posted. And for today, that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, You are made from the same energy source that has created the oceans, the forests, the mountains, the valleys, and all of the stars in the sky. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. 
But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media. And that is also linked in our show notes. You can follow us on social media at newsdujour.podcast on both Instagram and TikTok. You can follow my personal account at It's Annie Bowles on both platforms as well. Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh, 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 oh.